Sex Communication, a podcast that explores how we communicate during sex and about sex with explicit recordings and uninhibited conversation. My name is Brianne McGuire, founder of Graphic Paint and host of this uncensored adventure. Join me each week as I share crowdsourced audio files and interview a wide range of people about their private activities. The mission of this series is to change attitudes towards sex simply by changing the way it's communicated, one episode at a time. Sexy, sexy, sex stuff. Sex. Hello and welcome to episode 25. I'm so excited to be at episode 25. Um, Not just because, you know, it's kind of amazing to me that we have 25 episodes already, um, but also because I've been saving this interview for this specific episode to just kind of, you know, be a milestone um, marker, if you will, in the podcast. Because the gentleman you're about to hear, he's not only the 52nd person on my fuck list, but he is also the genesis, the inspiration for this entire project. Um, It is because the two of us had some really filthy, loud, kinky fucking sex that, and I'm talking like first night right off the bat, um, that left me wondering and wishing that I had recordings of sexual encounters um, just to kind of memorialize the, uh, the wonder of it. So, and it also, I mean, inspired this curiosity of of what it must sound like for other people. You know, what are other people's first nights like? What does it sound like? What does it sound like when somebody's had sex with somebody for the thousandth time? You know, it just really inspired that interest. So, uh, so excited about this. Anyway, so our conversation, it covers a lot, but, you know, we start out talking about the sex that we had and how and why um, it wound up inspiring me to do this project. And then we dive more into, um, you know, dirty talk and the the safe space during sex between partners and the idea of intimacy and um, commitment and relationships and how those things do or do not coexist together and, you know, our different perspectives on, on those things. We also talk about his past experiences, his other relationships, and how all those things have kind of informed his desires and inclinations and the subjects of his fantasies, um, and how they play out in the relationships that he's had and that he's having and that he hopes to have. Um, So it gets kind of deep, you know, it's fun and then it's deep and then it gets fun again because um, I put him on the spot after all of that. Uh, you know, and ask him, Hey, remember when I was starting this podcast and I talked to you about it and I was like, Hey, do you want to have sex again so I can record it and use it? <laughs> and you said yes. And then a couple days later you canceled. Um, so that's fun to hear him try to explain that. Um, but yeah, it's good. I think the other thing that I love most about this interview is just, um, I think it's fascinating to hear, about sex from the people who are having it, you know, to to hear uh, two partners talk about the sex that they have had, you know, both perspectives at once, instead of what I think typically happens in real life, you know, you hear one side of the story, you hear one person's perspective of the sex that, you know, they're having with one or more other people, and you you never hear both things at once. So that's kind of nice. And it also, it gave us an opportunity to dive in and dissect a little bit things that happen in our own relationship, you know, why it ended, what was going on in it. And I don't know, just all the things you, you, you can think about with the, (laughs) with hindsight. So 
Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this. And like I said, with episode 25, um, this is a milestone for me and I'm excited about where the show is going to go from here. There's so much more to come. Um, and you know, I just want to thank everybody who's listened so far and especially the people that have taken the time to reach out to me. Uh, the people that take the time to comment on these episodes that send me messages or call me or leave reviews. And if you haven't done the review thing, please do the review thing. Um, one person has written me a five-star review on iTunes and I love you, whoever you are. Thank you so much. Um, but I'd love to have more. I'd just love to hear your feedback. Um, so yeah, where do we go from here? Anyway, without further ado, here's that interview. Thanks. So I'm here with number 52, number 52. Hello. Hello, I'm number 52. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to be here. And you you know what the 52 is referring to, right? Um, sort of. <laughs> you, you don't know? It's, well, I mean, I'm after number 51. <laughs> not to say I need to know who that is. <laughs> That's not what I meant. But yes, 52 and like the list of people that I've had sex with. Okay, 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 yes. okay. Good job. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I want to say something. What's your number? I don't like like how, like have I counted? Have you never counted? I've lost count. You know, a lot of my I think the majority of my sexual experiences have been one nighters. Um, yeah, I've been one nighters, and I think I've forgotten some. Okay. Yeah. I'm not judging. I was just curious. No, I kind of wish I knew. That would be fun <clears throat> if I could be like, oh, yeah, I have like 50. We're twins or something. <laughs> I doubt that's true. I don't know. <laughs> you don't think I've had that much sex? No, I think you've had more than that. <laughs> oh, dude. I'm, I'm maybe, estimating in your Maybe. Favorite. I don't know. I think I counted. I remember counting in my 20s with a friend. Like, we did that exercise. And um, it was my mid-20s or late 20s. And I think I got close to 40 or something like that but it actually it's really fallen off the amount of people i've had sex with in the last well two years ago was a good year anyway <laughs> but okay, you know it comes and goes yes same. yeah um so yeah so i'm extra excited that you're here because you are the inspiration for this entire project and now here you are like the the genesis you know oh, um you. so I mean, I've told you a bit about how and why you were the inspiration. Do you recall any of those? Yeah, of course. No, you said because I was very vocal um, during sex. And and also how it kind of like, it escalated and built, I thought, rather quickly. Oh, you mean like, <laughs> not only was I vocal, but I was the dirtiest dirty talker you ever met. Well, the dirtiest right off the bat. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, that, that just... That's just me not having good social skills. <laughs> well, uh, I, don't know, I don't feel like the in bed things. Was Let's not get exactly into that. Social skills, but no. Well, it was that, and it was also. I mean, it was like the entirety of of it, right? So it was like that first time, like, oh, this is this is where we're going, and then um, after that, when we do like phone sex, if we're watching the same clip of porn, yeah. I remember like it was very difficult for me to manage because it's like holding the phone and like if I was using a vibrator and then like, you know, what position you're in that you can see this and do this and say that and then like I can't hear you and you can't hear me and having to repeat something and like then it's not sexy anymore, you know, and it's like that whole awkward 
exchange, it just got me thinking about like how these things sound. Okay. Yeah. How they sound? Well, I know I'm very demanding, of course. So I'm sure, <laughs> no, I'm sure that made that. it difficult. It just, it's, I don't know. And how I'm, they sound, but what do you mean by that? Like the experience of having sex with somebody or just like any kind of sexual activity. You know, like if you were able to remove yourself from being in it and participating in it and just think about like how this must sound on the outside. Right. You know, not being right. in from it. From an outside perspective. Right. Like okay. kind of the humor of it, yeah. the awkwardness. Yeah, I think there is a lot of humor in it, yeah. you know, because people, I don't know, people are weird and, um, you know, we don't, I think we don't realize um, how, how, how silly it must sound, you know, like in the moment it's filled with passion and, um, you know, but yeah, I think, I think it is silly. I think that's right. And I think it is funny and that's great. I love that actually. So getting back to the first time that we slept together and your, and your filthy mouth. So, <laughs> so we were like, uh, verbally role-playing the scenario of, a gangbang, right? Me, like, what, <laughs> sucking off five guys, that kind of situation? Yeah, I think that was the number. <laughs> might have been 52. Uh, that either, would be a lot either way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, my, my main thing is, you know, I've actually, I've, I tend to introduce the gangbang talking scenario with just about everybody really? that I can. I really thought that, that was specific to me. That's really sad. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I think it's more sad that I just do it with everybody than that it, you weren't the first. But how does this... You have some jealous issues. Well, you know, I think the whole gangbang uh, sort of... What, what is that word? We're cuckold. Hmm. I think that whole, like, cuckold gangbang scenario, like, whoever I'm with, like, pleasing other men, comes from the dynamic that my parents had uh, growing up. My My mom... My dad was kind of an asshole. My mom was kind of repulsed by him in a lot of ways, um, and that, like, in in obvious ways. And I think that um, that stemmed from, like, that. You know, I don't know. I wish I had a better way of explaining it right now. I get it. Okay, that kind of makes sense. You see the connection. So now that I know this was like the standard number fifty-two experience. Um, well, see, you know what it was. This is really you're kind of like crashing my whole um illusion of of that that time because you had asked me what porn i watched and it seemed to like originate from that because i happened to say i was like it was like when when you when you said when you said you had been watching gangbang stuff i was like bingo (laughs) we can totally go there Uh, I was but, like, this is a match made in heaven. But seriously, you, you like, that's a standard, you'd go My that far on a first so time. My girlfriends have so upset at me because they'll be game for a while. But I mean, I'm, I'm talking about the very first time. Like, that's, that, that was normal? That Yeah, like, I started implementing the gangbang dirty talk in, like, 2009 <laughs> with my, with this woman that I actually married, <laughs> and we're no longer married, but, um... Yeah, she she um she got pretty fed up with it because it was like every single time <laughs> we had sex, I had to talk about it. And then the same thing happened with the girlfriend after that, and she got tired of it. And like, the funny thing is, I don't think I'd actually, I don't think I'd like it if it actually happened. Actually happened. I think I'd. <clears throat> well, I don't really know, but I yeah, something tells me it's just a fantasy. It's a right. pure fantasy thing, and. 
Have you ever been a cuckold? Like, even in a smaller sense, like, just with like one just, other guy? No, 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 I haven't. I haven't. But, um, no, I haven't. Um, no. No, 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 no. It's weird because it's like, it's something, it, I, I get a lot of fear of, like, like, when I'm with a person, typically I can be overly paranoid that they're cheating on me. But then when I'm in bed with them, I'm talking about them sleeping with other guys and getting off to right. it. So it's this weird dichotomy. Is that the right word? Yeah. She is the more <laughs> smarter person in the room. So. Oh, stop. <laughs> well, I also did find it fascinating that that was kind of your um, your primary fantasy, your primary like interest in exploring that sexually. But it felt a little bit like... You had a hard time maintaining the line between, um, like, what happens sexually versus, like, what happens in real life or outside life. Yeah, I think I think that's, like, really actually, um, yeah, because then I, then I sort of, like, accused you of, like, all this other shit. And, like, that, that has happened with other people, too, where, like, like, just like I said, you know, I'm, I'm, when I'm with a person... Whether it's developed into like we're you know really when I really like a person and I'm sleeping with them, um, yeah, I get off in bed with them to this idea that they'll sleep with other people, and then classically I will get upset and think that they are sleeping with other people. So it's like this weird imagination fuck, mm. like my imagination, and you know I have. You know, I'm like an artist and I'm actually bipolar and like my imagination tends to get me in trouble. And so there's like levels to that. Yeah. So what other things? Because we've spoken a lot about just like general sexual interests and... Well, yeah. You mean like in bed that get me off? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I like to... <clears throat> you know how they say like... Guys who are, <clears throat> like I've heard this said that, you know, guys who are like on top of the social ladder like to be sort of abused, quote unquote, in bed because mm -hmm. they never get that in real life. They're always like, you know, shouting at everybody else. Whereas me, I'm sort of like, I'm definitely lower on the totem pole. Like, you know me, I'm not an alpha male. Um, and so I like to be like in charge in bed, like get on your knees, open your mouth, you know, like <laughs> I like to kind of make orders and, and have them be, be, you know, listened to. And I, I like, I like this idea of like, it's funny because I tend to think of myself as a very romantic guy. I'm one of the few guys that like still brings flowers and things like this. And, um, I'm classical in a lot of ways, but then like in bed, like I like the girl to just kind of act, act like a sex toy. And I find that very, um, very alluring um, for them to just kind of be like, yeah, I'm a whore and just use me and things like that. And yeah, I think there's a connection between that and um, my role socially out in the world. Um, outside of the bedroom um, because I, I tend to feel 
<coughs> not every day, but I tend to feel more on the lower side of um, the social ladder. Um, and there's there's a lot of reasons for that that I think aren't all bad. Like that's just kind of like where I where I fall and where I fit. Um, and I try not to have too much shame about that, but. I mean, I think the way that I act in bed is it there's like a there's like an inverse relationship between my behavior in bed and, and, and how I am in the world. And I would assume that's the same from things that I've heard and stuff that that's the same pretty much for everybody. I don't think that I think the two are very interrelated, you know, um, and I guess, like, Freud, right, was kind of all about that. Um, but I don't, I haven't really read any of his papers or anything like that. I have encountered, excuse me, quite a few people, though, that do seem to carry over whatever stance or stature or approach they have to life stuff into sex things as well. Um, like, there's somebody, the Brit, I've been doing a lot of, like, Skyping, talking, and kind of playing with, and he described himself as um, that he's very sadistic by nature, and he's kind of that way in his regular life. It's just like he acts that way in and out of bed. It's just like he might not have the power role, which that seems to be like the common thread in what you're talking about. Because I'm thinking about other people too, who are like very aggressive alpha people you know, in and out of bed, but like there's some element of their life that, you know, they're not, they're fighting, right? They're struggling in some way. Um, but I also think those people, I seem to get a sense that there's something, and maybe it's because of that, but like there's something in them that kind of wants whatever they're putting out there to kind of be turned against them, you know, like that switch dynamic of, you know, with some people, you want to be the aggressor, and with some people, you want to be the submissor or submissive. Probably submissor is not a word. See, I'm not very smart. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> no, no, no. No, you're... No, I think you're... I think you're quite brilliant. But um, I think that, <clears throat> for me, when, when I'm with men, and <clears throat> I sort of feel silly saying it, but I always have to say, you know, like, I've never slept with a man, like, I've never had intercourse with a man. But when I'm with men, I'm typically more of the more of the submissive. Mm. Um, and you know, I think that that also relates, you know, so I'm sort of the opposite with men um, than I am with women. Um, yeah. So, yeah, because when you were saying, you know, with different people, people might like to be different ways. But with me, it's sort of like, you know, I haven't really found a woman that I like to be the submissor with. Um, Have you ever been put in that position, though? How? Like you, what position you, is that? <laughs> I don't know. Like you, you know, you're in bed with someone, and it turns out like this woman is, you know, wants to tie you up and tell you what to do. And no, and I would not cooperate. I know right away. But maybe that's part of it. Maybe what? Like if I pushed through that, I'd enjoy it. No, the the fight. The f- 
fight for me to not be submissive yeah. is part of what turns her on. Right. Well, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, excuse me. <clears throat> I feel like in the relationship, in the long-term relationships I've had with women where they are the more submissive ones when we're when we're in bed, when we're not in bed, they tend to like to sort of I think torture is too hard of a word, but they like to sort of, you know, like... Order you around? Yeah, like like the relation, like when we're in bed, I'm the dominator, and when we're not in bed, they're sort of calling the shots um, until I've had enough and then I just <laughs> disappear. Um, but, you know, and it's funny. I think it's a weird, it's a weird balance, and it's, I, I haven't... Until speaking to you about it now, I haven't really realized all the connections there. It's pretty, it's pretty incredible. I feel like. Uh, so if a woman tried to tie you up, you would just reject that. Would you like, like, sexy time is over, like that's the end of that, or you would just pivot into something else? I would, ha- I would have to really like her, um, but like, I would allow it. I would allow it, um, and I, you know, maybe that could. But she could not go near my butt. That's like, <laughs> that's like uh, I don't even like it when a girl touches my butt cheek. So how how can you ever do anything with a guy? Isn't like the butt given I, part of most of it? You know, from what I've heard, a lot of um, homosexual relationships between men don't necessarily involve anal sex. Just um, a lot of blowjobs. Like, yeah, I mean, I get that's that's yeah, that's what I. Realize you're missing out on like incredible pleasure sensations with the whole prostate stimulation orgasm thing. I mean, I've had a little, I've fooled around myself with like butt stuff, you know, on my own, but I don't know. I don't know if it's like a weird shame thing or if I'm not uh, confident enough or something, but I just like, like girlfriends I've had have you know, like slap me on the butt or, or like come up behind me and pretended like they were humping me from the back. And I, <laughs> I really don't like it. And yet I've, I've tried, like- I've, I've, att- I attempted to have anal sex once where yeah. I was the receiver. Um, and it wasn't going to happen. I, I legit like tried my best. Um, how far did you get? Like the tip? Yeah. Like not even, <laughs> not even really like, like it was, and I was just like, I can't, I can't, it just feels, I mean, when I was six, like me and my friend, um, I'll call him number one. Um, <laughs> he, uh, we, we decided to, you know, like try to have sex. I remember we like pushed my bed up against the door. Um, cause we were six and we have our own place. And yeah, I was, I was the one on top with him. Yeah. But, uh, and I was very aggressive, and I remember him saying something. I remember him screaming, like, it hurts. And I was like, I don't care. Or something <laughs> like, like that you wouldn't expect from a six year old. Um, but I guess you can't really expect anything because people, you know, this kind of stuff is surprising. But it's, it's silly. It shouldn't be surprising. And I think that everybody is. I'm thinking about friends that I know now and like if they were sitting in this seat and like what would come out of their mouths and I'm sure like I would be astounded but 
I mean, you doing these interviews all the time, like it's, it's probably very nuanced when, you, when something really surprises you at this point, because you, you, you're really yeah, exposed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I not to say it's probably not super interesting. Well, no, no, no. It, it all fascinates me. Like whatever end of the spectrum people fall on. Cause I, I have been speaking to people that are like way into the abstinence side and very prudish. And then people that feel that they're very much on the other side, but yeah, I don't feel like I've, I've hit anything yet or heard anything yet that really shocks me. But, um, I, I mean, you know, and it, but it, it actually, it comforts me a little bit to hear you talk about that at the age of six, because I remember trying to think six, <coughs> that's like first grade. Yeah. Yeah. It was first grade. Yeah. So I, I know that I already felt like I was already very aware of my sexuality and like sex is like something that interested me and was, you know, like definitely on my mind. And um, so, yeah, and I, I've had other guys share, not even relating to this project, but just like in the course of knowing people and, you know, I always speak very openly about sex. And so other people in turn kind of feel comfortable doing that with me. So I've gotten a lot of juicy stories. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I remember being in third. I, I, I mean, I remember by second grade, just like telling people I was comfortable with, like, I can't wait to have sex. Like, I want to have sex. <laughs> I made this little cartoon with like a guy with an F on his chest and he was like, fuck man. <laughs> and I remember the kids that I showed it to, they showed it to their parents. Yeah. And the next day, my dad, like, we were on, like, a family trip, and he, like, brought me in, brought me away from the group and was, like, opened up my little, like, cartoon with fuck, like, what is this? And I had to tell my dad it was fuck man. And, you know, that wasn't a good thing, according to my dad. I think he was more, he was probably more alarmed and maybe a little ashamed that, I was exposing the neighbor kids to these ideas. But I remember the older girl being sort of like, I think I wanted to have sex with, there was like, an, I was like six or seven and she was like maybe eight or nine. And I wanted to have sex with her. Um, and so my manipulative like six-year-old mind was just like, maybe if I just talk about wanting to have sex, like I'll be able to get it with her. And she was like, ew, that's so gross. But like she knew what it was. You know, I think... And how did you know what it was? It was, I mean, what, did your parents have the talk with you very early on or you knew? My parents waited from... until they caught me with my girlfriend naked in high school to have a sex talk with me. <laughs> and I was like, guys, like, it's a little late. Like, I'm, I'm already, I'm already doing it. But, um, no, I had a, I had a best friend whose parents, whose mom, mother was a doctor and his dad was a psychiatrist and I, so when I was five, he told me how men and women have sex. And then when we were both six, we were watching a TV program with his mom that had to do with like some gay guys. And she was like, we were like, how do gay guys have sex? And she was like, well, what other hole do men have? And we were like, oh my God. <laughs> and then, then me and him tried to have sex actually. Um, he had like a micro goodness. Mm. Is that the is he number one? Is he the one you were talking about? No, that was that was a that was I think that must have been after. So he must have been number one, and then the one where I was like I don't care was <laughs> number two, I guess. 
trying to think of who number three is, but um, I guess in fifth grade, no, in fourth grade, yeah, me and my friend had that deal where it was like, you suck my dick, I suck yours. <laughs> and then like, so I did it to him for like a couple seconds and he was just like, I can't believe you actually did that. And then he, oh, he didn't. What an asshole. Yeah, then he just, <laughs> he just walked away. Did you stay and friends out, after out that? Out of my life. Well, we had, we would pull pranks and <clears throat> we pulled this really bad prank in fourth grade, third, fourth grade. And then the next year, his parents just pulled him out of my school. Because I, I remember his parents had a talk with us like, this is like peer pressuring for drugs. They like put a link between the prank that we did and like it, using drugs, which they were like 100% on the mark. I was <laughs> within four years of that, I was, I was an active addict. But yeah, I mean, honestly, like in general, like with the sex stuff, like I think if I, if I knew how, or if I could, I would be having like tons of sex. Um, and not necessarily with like tons of people. Like I do like, like I typically, I like to have like one partner and just like have tons of sex with them. But I also feel that, and I've heard that girls in heterosexual relationships typically like they sort of seem to be the ones that decide when it happens or maybe that's just in my experience but they like I don't know they they stop like it'll you know I think it's in almost every relationship in the beginning you're having sex like rabbits and then it kind of trickles off mm-hmm. would you say that's how <laughs> it works um I mean I haven't had that feeling myself in relationships and I've been in two that went for you know nearly seven years but I think it's it's about the people you know because I I did and I've talked about this in a couple interviews but there was um the last guy that I lived with um I my sex drive was much higher than his and it was like this constant battle where it was like why do I need to feel like I'm fucking begging you to have sex like it was awful you know that is awful. and i've i've had other relationships where i wasn't begging but i was definitely like the prime initiator i mean and they were happy to oblige which was great but i definitely you know was the one kind of saying okay well now i want to have sex so let's have sex so it's been a mix generally of like people that it was matched or you know, if they did want to have it more, like, I was always up for it, you know? So, I mean, I haven't had that experience, but I do hear about it a lot. Whether it's really based on gender or not, I can't say, but... Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I have an idea. Can we pause this? I'll have a cigarette, and then we'll get back. Because <laughs> I feel like I also need to be refreshed on, like, like, subject matter. And if I think for a second... Okay. I might come up with something that'll interest someone. Now that we're back from the cigarette break, (laughs) do you feel more inspired? I'm inspired. I'm ready. (laughs) I'm awake. Okay. One of the things that did come to mind when we were talking before, so you have this this, um, protective uh, instinct regarding your own asshole. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And yet, you're a big pusher of anal sex. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's talk about that double standard. How did I not guess? (laughs) 
Yeah, I don't know. I feel like um, I feel like it's a very vulnerable thing. Like, like I like licking, you know, girls' butts and stuff like that. And I feel I was just talking to a friend about it last night, and I was saying, and we were both saying how we we wouldn't want that at all to happen to us. Um, and and I made the comment that you know it's them, it's the woman being very vulnerable. I think to allow that to happen, um, and that's a turn on. You know, like, um, and another thing I wanted to talk about too, that I think relates to this is the idea that, um, of, of vulnerability and also like, um, for me, like I'm into, I'm into the things that I'm into, but only if the other person is into it too. Like it doesn't turn me on if they're not into it. Like I've even stopped girls like halfway into giving me head if I feel like they're just doing it because they feel like they have to or they or they or they they want to for me but they don't actually want to do it themselves yeah. I'll just be like okay like I mean I'll I won't make it obvious as to like why I'm stopping them but I'll just I'll just stop them and... the tap on the head that's what I do what's that <laughs> well sometimes it's more of like a hand on their shoulder. It's a, it often, I find that same thing, but it's mostly when guys go down on me and it's like, uh, like I'd rather, <laughs> let's not even bother yeah. with it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, come on. Yeah. No, some guys don't like that. Yeah. It, it amazes me. I mean, I, I wasn't into that. It took this one girl for me um, when I was about 17. I had just done a play and she had seen the play and we had sort of, it was so like childish the way I was just like, I had seen a ghost the day before and I was like, Hey, can I, we were at this bonfire and I was like, can I tell you about this ghost that I saw? And she was like, sure. So we walked down to the dock and I didn't even tell the story. We just started <laughs> making out. And then I don't know, something like propelled me and I had never really eaten a girl out before really ever i mean i had sort of tried it um but something something came over me and i just like ripped off her panties and was like like went in and like went in a lot (laughs) this girl was really interesting um she she gave me head also and it was like it was like sticking my dick into like a vortex of multiple tongues like i don't know what she was doing but i had to stop her after like 10 seconds she she went down there a couple times but every time I had to stop her after like ten seconds because I was gonna, I was gonna be finished with it. I was gonna be over. Um, and I think the end of sex too is also very telling for the relationship in general because you know if I'm just having sex with a girl that is there and I want to have sex and I'm not really into her after sex, I want to get away immediately. Um, and then you know I think about this relationship that I had. I had. I was with this girl for about three years and we didn't really have that intimate moment after sex apart from like a couple times in the beginning. Like it was almost like, uh, as if we were brushing our teeth and then when it was over, um, you know, that was it. Like we weren't interested in bonding or anything. You said you dated for three years? Yeah, we dated for three years. Does that that sounds a little like sad, right? Well, I mean, 
Did that seem normal to you? Um, no, there are a lot of abnormal things about that relationship. I mean, she, she was, she was strange. She was, she was very into sex and so was I, but she would, um, but I I think she, I think she actually had a lot of sexual trauma from like early on in life. And so I think she would misinterpret things sometimes. And I think that she had a lot of shame around sex. Um, and sort of as we were on our way out and breaking up, she was, I remember she was very adamant about like, um, like she was into that slut walk thing with, um, who is the, um, Amber Rose, Amber Rose. Like she was into like, she was starting to get into that and, like she, she was sort of saying she was into feminism, um, but I don't think she quite understood all that that meant. But what can I say? I don't know. Um, it sounded the way you described it almost like the the reaction after sex. I mean, I immediately, and I don't know if this is just because I I know you and I'm hearing your side of the conversation and you're the one telling it, but my immediate thought was that it was your, your reaction, but it sounds like now as you're describing it, you see it as like her reaction that after you had sex, you weren't kind of connecting in an intimate way. Is that? Yeah. I mean, um, I think I, I think I desired that. I think I wanted, I think I wanted a level of intimacy. I wanted a certain level of intimacy after sex that she, didn't want with me and maybe maybe that was in all her sexual experiences or maybe that was just with me I don't know Uh, after that relationship was over I kind of deduced that she really liked like the way I thought and kind of the way I was and my personality and I was more into her physically than I think she was into me physically and I don't I mean I did, but I don't blame her for that anymore. I had sort of lost a lot of weight and wasn't taking care of myself. And, um, you know, I, I had also cheated on her and she had found out about it and that had, that dried the sex up pretty quick. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, even, even from the beginning, she, I think she had, she was scared of getting close to me. And I think that was a universal thing where she would have been afraid with anyone. Yeah. Um, it was almost like, I remember, okay, this, so I just thought of this the other night. One of the strangest things that happened with her that happened right at the beginning was we started having sex at her apartment and um, I prematurely ejaculated, which rarely happens, um, but it did. And I was, I felt it's not something I wanted to happen. And she got so upset. Um, she was like, you know, you just want to bust and you don't care about me. And it was totally not that way at all. I don't know. Maybe she had had experiences in the past where guys were very um, selfish. But like I said, I only like it if the other person likes it. And it's very important to me and my ego that the other girl get off as well. So I always, you know, try for that. But then after we were, you know, I prematurely ejaculated and she goes, and then she started talking to her cat and she was, she was going to kick me out of her apartment. It was like four in the morning and I lived an hour away. 
by train, and she was talking to her cat like, hmm, do you think we should kick him out? <laughs> not. And I remember actually, that was about a month into the relationship, and about a week later, I realized that the only thing that was holding me to her, because she was very erratic and in a lot of ways, not just this, um, I realized the only thing that was holding me to her that was I really wanted to continue to have sex with her. And I had a better thought about that, and I thought, that's not a reason to stay. Um, and so I broke up with her, and then she texted me a week later. We got back together, and we stayed together for three years. And I got, I was addicted to having sex with this girl. Like, I, I wish it wasn't, but I still think about her when I masturbate sometimes. Um, and... Yeah, I could. I couldn't sort of never get enough of her, and she was, um, and she knew that. Uh, yeah, but like I said, I don't think she was as into our, you know, me sexually as I was with her. She was more into my personality and sort of the core of who I was, and I was more into her physically. Um, but uh, um, gosh, I was going to say I was going to say something about that. Well, what was it about her that you're so addicted to? Like, what was it about the It was, sex? like, the proportions of her body. Like, she, she, um, she was, she was, like, very short, which made me feel bigger. <laughs> um, so, so, like, the submissive thing was, like, more, like, I could physically, you know. Dominate her. Dominate her. Um, she had, like, a very slender waist, and then, like, her lower body was sort of, like, popping out everywhere. <laughs> and, yeah, she was just sort of, like. You know, like, proportionally, it was, like, a pleasure to be around. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, she's, I, I'm, I'm amazed that I stuck around as long as I did. But I, but I know that, you know, I was, I was very, very, like, the times that I was around her, just to get an idea of how, how obsessed I was with her sexually. The times that I was around her and she wouldn't have sex with me, any time I was alone, I would... I normally masturbate once a day or every other day. Sometimes, once in a blue moon, I'll go more than once in a day. But when I was around her and I'd be around her physically, but she wouldn't have sex with me, I would be jerking off at every moment that I wasn't around her. Thinking, you know, imagining that we were having sex. Um, yeah, and so, and that actually caused me to put up with lots of things that were, you know, and since I had cheated, she was sort of constantly getting back at me for this. And it, it was just not like a healthy thing whatsoever, but I couldn't pry myself away from her because I guess somewhere I like, what are you know? Everybody's body is different. She seemed to have the perfect body that I would ever want to be with, and even to this day, you know, um, with pornography, I'm like, I try to find like something similar when I'm looking at things, but I, but I never can. It's like because everybody's nobody's body is a hundred percent like somebody else's body. There's so many things to unpack with this. I want to pause for a second. So, yeah. okay. This brings up so many questions. Number one, so you keep describing like how she was physically and it just makes me think of, like I'm a size queen. So there have been many instances where like almost like separating someone's sexual equipment 
between, you know, them as a whole person. But to me, there's a difference between how I look at and experience somebody's body versus um, sexual compatibility. Like those things aren't like one isn't entirely the other and vice versa. Um, so like I can, I can have the feelings that you're describing about this girl, about somebody's body. And yet I would not necessarily say that it doesn't mean that we're sexually compatible or like the sex itself isn't good. So were you addicted? Like, I mean, do you ha- not she, have that distinction? Used, well, she would, she, well, remember when I said I kind of would like like a girl to just like lay there and like take it? Yeah. She she was she would just like you know we'd start in missionary and then like very quickly it would move to like doggy style and she would use a vibrator on her clit so she would just like sit there and I could go at any pace I wanted to go and she would inevitably have an orgasm because she was using equipment right as well you know all she needed was like a dick to be going in and out of her and it didn't really matter what speed I did. I didn't have to bring, I didn't have to physically bring her to orgasm so I could enjoy any speed I wanted to when I was having sex with her. Um, and you know, I had a whole thing about like, she doesn't want to have sex as much. And like I had, uh, I'm sort of getting over it lately, but I had a whole thing about, is my dick big enough? And da, 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 da. And like, you know, but like, that's, that's the type of thing where I feel like, I don't know, they say it's like how you use it or something like that. But I can imagine that if somebody's got a preference for a particular size, like it's, it, that's gotta be a thing. Like people have preferences for what size they like and how it's used, you know, um, Another thing, I've never really been able to do that. Like, I don't like to have sex, like, fast and hard because I actually can't feel the sensation. I like to feel the sensation of, like, moving in and out of them. And when I'm, like, banging the shit out of them, I mean, on occasion it'll be, like, it'll come up and it'll be, like, a fun thing to just, like, go at it. But typically, I'm very like slow and steady and um, that worked very well with her because of the... But doesn't it seem a little strange to you? Because you've mentioned a few times already, you know, how important intimacy is to you, but you're really describing uh, a physical interaction with somebody that seems completely devoid of that. And in fact, that's what the appeal is, is like that intimacy is not there. Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, I actually... I I do I I'm more aware of the fact that I am scared of intimacy more recently and I'll get into why I'm more aware of that in a bit but yes I think that that is not a way of having sex that elicits intimacy between either person. I mean, it's doggy style. You can't even see the person's face and you're just sort of like, she's sort of using my dick and vibrator and I'm just sort of using her pussy and, you know, looking at her body. And yeah, no, it's not. I wouldn't say that relationship had very intimate sex at all either, but yeah, at the end of then, but then at the end of sex, you know, I want to be intimate um, or whatever. So, like, it's a weird thing to 
to desire when it when the act isn't isn't intimate in itself. The other thing that I wanted to ask you that came up as you were describing your relationship with this woman. So a couple times with me, you have um, like when we first went out, you described. And I don't know if it was this girl or someone else, but you described dating somebody that was a sex addict. And this idea of um, girls that you've been involved with being sex addicts kind of came up a few times. Um, And I did on occasion feel that that judgment was also directed in, (laughs) in my way as well. But, I mean, you're describing yourself with this woman in a way that sounds like I would describe the sex addict. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I mean, think, you use the word yourself. Yeah, it was it was just me sort of blaming other people for what you know maybe in the recesses of my myself I I question whether I am or not you know and I I guess I've learned a little bit where you can be a sex addict but then you can be anorexic if you're not having sex at all and you know I think I mean in the very least I'm prone to sex addiction and it's been a problem in both i've really only had two long terms i had one before this one and and this is the one i was talking about when i said that but in the one before that you know i constantly wanted to have sex and that was like a very it was a major stressor on the relationship and um you know yeah no i think you're right right. (laughs) so let's talk about well, it's just, not. It's not me. It's you. <laughs> not surprised at all. Now, okay. <laughs> you get back to your your gangbang fantasy. So, when you were describing it in the beginning, you did throw out the word cuckold pretty right off the bat. So, I mean, is that how you? That's your perspective in the situation. You're role playing this gangbang with the woman that you're fucking, and you're you know visualizing all these things. In the the full scenario, like, is that your role? You're on the outside. You're not even physically engaging. Oh, no. Yeah. No, it's it would be both. Like, I wouldn't just want to sort of sit there with, like, a major heart on and not get my rocks off either. But, yeah, I like this idea of, you know, like, I like to see a girl in pleasure. And for some reason, like... If I know a girl like sleeps with a lot of men, like I, I like to hear about the fact that they're sleeping with a lot of men and, you know, I like to hear the details of that and um, it, it just turns me on. But then at the same time, which kind of goes back to like this, I had this kind of sex that wasn't intimate and then after the fact I wanted to be intimate. Which doesn't seem strange very to conflicted. Me, by the way. Yeah, but but it is an, it is an, it is a conflicted thing in and of itself, and it's also conflicted to you know want to be turned on by women that sleep with a lot of guys, but then I want a monogam, monogamous relationship, <clears throat> which gets back to the idea where like you know a lot of this cuckold or the girl that I'm with being into the gangbang idea is more of like a fantasy play than something I actually really want to happen in real life. Do you not see the possibility, though, for the intimacy and the freedom for that fantasy and, like, living out whatever filthy, um, like, physical manifestation of, of these ideas is? Do you 
see the possibility for them coexisting. Because to me, like, why it doesn't sound strange when you talk about, you know, you have this kind of non-intimate sex with her, but then afterwards you wanted these intimate moments, you want to have the sense of connection. Like, to me, that doesn't seem strange because I think it's almost... That is a demonstration of a connection and being close with somebody is that you can do both of those things with the same person. Like, you can have that really filthy like almost cold sex, but then you, you're still able to connect after like that ability to do both of those things with the same person is kind of, in my opinion, the ideal and the same, you know, same train of thought when it comes to, okay, well, you're engaging in whatever fantasies the are, these, you know, you're engaging in with the person, but that doesn't mean that you're not having a monogamous relationship. Like that, that's the beauty of a relationship and having somebody you can be open with and communicate with is like, hey, we can explore this together. And we're kind of creating a safe place to do that, knowing that, you know, we are on the same page outside of that. Yeah, I think it takes a very special person or a very special two people to be able to do what you just said. Um, you know, and when I was with this person the ups and downs of the relationship that were terrible and exciting were like, you know, is she actually talking to her ex-boyfriend or, she, you know, she'd be, uh, you know, like, it wouldn't necessarily be, um, it wouldn't necessarily be too far-fetched to, like, she's out with her friends and I'm worried that she's, you know, doing something with somebody else. But then when she comes home and we're having sex, I'm like, tell me how you were just doing stuff with somebody else. Um, and, you know, I remember seeing like an interview with a woman who she liked to have like 40 guys at a time, but she also had like a husband and they were in a monogamous relationship and, um, you know, things like that. I just, I remember hearing something from a friend in my college where he said, he knew a girl, one of his good friends was, his, was a girl that would like go to sex parties and, um, you know, uh, and what she had said, what she had said to this guy that I knew was that once you sort of make that transfer from like, I don't know, let's say fantasy to reality that like you can't really go in reality, you can't really go back to just your regular one-on-one -on -one sex. But I think from what you're saying, you're, you're sort of presenting this idea that maybe you can have both and that can be a very healthy thing. And, and yeah, that's, that sounds like super interesting. I don't know where I meet someone like that, but. Um, well, don't you think it's just really a matter of trust? Exist. Like maybe your limitation is that you, you're not, you're not fully convinced that it's possible. And so. You're maybe not allowing yourself to be vulnerable and trusting somebody that it could be. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's, um, that's not something that, you know, is too enjoyable to, like, accept. But I think that that's right. That, um, you know, it stems from my own inability, current inability to trust. And that, you know, it could materialize if I was open to it as a whole with all that comes along with that. Um, Cause I've heard, I remember speaking to 
a woman that I worked with once that she said she was always polyamorous with all of her um, partners. And she said the number one thing that's like most important when you're living that lifestyle is honesty with your partner, you know, a hundred percent. And in order to have that kind of relationship, yeah, I'd have to elicit the kind of trust that it would take for the person to be honest with me. Because looking back at it, let's say this relationship that I keep rehashing, um, you know, I think if she had just, I remember, I remember thinking like of telling her, I th- and I did a couple times. I said, you know, you can have sex with other guys. That's okay. And she would get very upset about that when I said that. Um, and I wasn't sort of so sure that I wanted that. I was more just kind of like, you know, but I think today I don't see sex as necessarily having to do with love at all. I mean, when it does, great. But when it doesn't, that's great too. And, you know, uh, I think I, I think I would be able to with, I don't want to say with the right person, um, be able to be honest, be trusting and be sharing enough to say like, yeah, I mean, if it gets you off to go and sleep with this guy at your work after the holiday party, that's all fun and great with me. I just want to hear all, I want to hear all the details when you come home. If you could like snap a video or a pic, even better. That's something that I'm super interested. Um, it might be weird to some people, but I don't, I wouldn't necessarily need the same hall pass. You know, I wouldn't need to sleep with a ton of women on the side. Like if the woman that I'm with, and I'm under the impression, I mean, I don't, I don't know because I'm not a woman, but I think that women kind of need sex more than guys do just because of the nature of biology. Um, I can't imagine having, you know, a vagina and like not having anything in it for longer than six months. I mean, I can imagine that would get very frustrating, really affect one's mood. And I don't, you know, I don't think, oh, there are sucks, you know, like that's not horrible. That's like, that's okay. And, you know, I mean, like, if the, if the woman really loved me and, like, she was – and I was able to trust and she was really being honest and she was telling me all the people she was sleeping with and if she was starting to get feelings for someone, like, we'd have to talk about that. I mean, whatever. Like, you only live once. Like, you know, I mean, I had a lot of classical ideas of relationships. Just when you think, the you know, you know the world, it's like – that's dangerous territory to assume that and you know it's uh it's a trip and you know you just gotta like be able to be open to people like yourself who stretch your um ideas of what you value or point out your values and, and say why don't you look at that you know it's really cool all right, I have a couple more questions for you okay since we're approaching the hour mark oh wow crazy uh, um so you're very vocal in bed. So do you equate your inclination to talk through sex? Does that make you consider yourself to be a good sexual communicator? No, I think I think if I was better at sex, I wouldn't need. Or if I was more versed, I should say. Because I don't think you're born good at but sex. But what do you mean better at sex? Where, where do you feel like you're lacking? 
the intimacy factor. I think if I was able to be more intimate, because I think my voice and the things that I say enforce this idea that like I'm doing this to you and you're a slut or whatever because you're allowing it to happen to you and I'm and I'm I'm keeping on establishing that every 30 seconds. So almost like you have like a one note way of communicating. Like it's a way of kind of establishing, you know, this dynamic of, you know, you're in charge and it's this and you're kind of creating this, you know, in effect, non-intimate sexual space. I think it's an ego. I think it's an ego thing for my, for me. Have you ever attempted though? It makes me harder, which is weird that my dick is connected to my ego. But have you ever attempted to use talking during sex as a way of establishing intimacy of like, you know, I don't know, like saying what your intentions are in a way that does kind of get to that place of intimacy, like vocalizing your, your interest in the intimacy, like, and which to me, I think can be equally filthy, you know, or erotic, arousing, whatever word you want to use for it. But I'm just saying for like, with a different intention, like instead of using it as a means of like, creating a separation that you're using it as a means of connection. I wish I could say that I have. I don't think I have. Um, I really feel like I'm in like the infancy stages of cell of sex exploration, um, which is why I'm even more uh, honored to be talking on your show (laughs) because I feel like um, number 52, I don't know. You could, you could title it like. Um, yeah, I didn't have a subtitle. A guy like, thinks yeah, about the sex he might have in the future. <laughs> um, and, you know, but no, no, I don't think I have. Um, you know, I feel like coming away from this talk, I feel like a better person. I do. I feel like I feel like I have a lot of things to think about. Like you presented about five minutes ago, you know, like some amazing um, ideas for me. And like, have I used my vocality? Have I used my voice to induce like a, like an intimate environment? No, I don't think I have. Um, And, you know, I, I don't, I, I think it will take until I meet my life partner, if that happens, or, you know, um, you know, do a little bit more growing up and meet, meet someone that we can have the type of relationship that you were suggesting might be possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would, I think it's going to take, you know, the next one, whoever it is, however long it's going to be until that happens. I think that's sort of like my homework for the next, for the next partner that I'll have. Um, so that's funny. my, that's my takeaway, which is, you know, pretty huge actually. I don't because you're a, a big contradiction, you know, like you're the impression you give is that you're driven by this quest for love and like romantic connection. But yet everything that you describe as far as like what you pursue and what you, I guess, cultivate with your actions is exactly in opposition to that. Right. Like all the things that turn me on are, are but you were talking about there being another way where yeah, maybe I, there would be. I think there is, you know, and to me, like, I mean, that was an issue that I had with us specifically was like, I felt as if it was almost like I was giving you that, that gift of like, we're doing this thing together in this safe space that we're creating with each other. 
And then it was almost like it was getting thrown in my face, which felt like, well, this is exactly how you destroy intimacy. Like I was, I looked at it as a means of establishing intimacy that we're like delving into this, you know, without judgment, you know. I think the easy, not the easy, I think the right answer for that was just most likely that was just my fear of building intimacy with someone. I have one last question for you. Oh, yeah. I mean, this can expand, but (laughs) so I had asked you to do a recording for this and you had agreed and then you turned me down or chickened out, changed your mind, however you like to look at it. Do you feel comfortable talking about yeah, um, no, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. Um, yeah, I mean, it sounds good. Like, you know, I, I, I'm, I would like to have sex with you again. It's not something that um, I wouldn't like to do. But um, I guess I feel, I, I, I hope it's not that, like, you know, my, I hope it's not my reaction to you, like, making the decision that... <laughs> We should separate for some time, which was like the right decision, you know, like I think we've never had a more, a better conversation than this, which is sort of funny because it's being recorded, but it's a good one. I would hope it's not that. I sort of want to have sex with someone that I feel like, and like I said, like I, it's not that I don't want to have sex with you, but I want, I want the next person that I have sex with to be someone that hopefully I'd be with for like long period of time and it's almost like for me it it's almost like it might turn on a faucet and I feel like I haven't had sex in I had sex like twice in the last year and I feel like it would be turning on a yearning for me that I've I've been able to finally manage and say like like I'm trying to get okay without female validation Mm -hmm. I don't trust myself because the last time we had sex, I acted in a lot of ways afterwards. I acted in a lot of ways that I'm very ashamed of still and that you obviously, you didn't deserve. And I wouldn't want to open that back up again because I don't trust myself yet. No, it's interesting. You said that I made the decision to end things, but you were actually the one who did that. I did it because (laughs) I thought you were going to do it. (laughs) Junior high school, 101. I'm going to leave you before you can Seventh leave Seventh grade is in session. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I, think I, was, I think I was scared of getting close. I think I'm still scared of getting close. Um, and I might tell myself lies about wanting to have a relationship at the moment, but I don't think... Um, and I know you're not asking me to, like, come and have a relationship with you, you know? And, and why did I say yes right away? Well, because I'd love to have sex with you. That would be great. Like, how, like, when does something like that fall in a guy's lap? Like, it doesn't usually, so. But I don't just lie there. So did that ruin, like, was sex bad no, in your opinion? No, not at all. Don't you remember had? I'd wake up in the middle of the night like, oh, I have to have sex with you. <laughs> no, I that remember, only, that I remember only, it very You're positively. only the third person that that's ever happened with. That doesn't happen with people that, no, it was great. <laughs> It was great, guys. Uh, now you're making it sound like this is a vanity interview where I've just brought you on to describe like how amazing it is to have sex with me. <laughs> is that what you <laughs> No. 
I was truly, I'm just really fascinated by But yeah, some of this, I mean, we got into it. Like, our dirty talk reached <laughs> another level. That I was, know. It was, it was awesome. awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. It was, and it was very safe. Like, you were, I can't, I, I have to stop talking about it because then I'm going to, like, get an erection and knock the microphone over <laughs> with my penis. Because it's so big. I can't big. believe, though, you worry that you don't have a big penis. I it's big enough. I it know was, it's big enough. It had a good it's size. Solid. And also, I just wanted to validate your ego in this way because of a recent experience where, like, um, I don't remember exactly how old you are now. I know it's younger than I am, so I have a general idea of the range, but there's somebody else that I slept with who, on Viagra, he fucked like you, which... I think you should just be aware that, like, your endurance and your, um, oh, wow. your... Yeah, we were having... We had long <laughs> sessions, too. I think, for the record, we're on... We're recording. We had sex, I think, once, like, an hour and a half, hour 45 minutes. Oh, at least. It was really... Without great. a break. Yeah. I, I was drenched in the show. <laughs> no. But, yeah, I was like, man. So, It just because you kept talking to too about you feel later. like you're uh, you know you feel like you're not well versed this like this you just you're kind of Thank speaking you. no, about yourself no, sexually I, I, like you know I have to say like as, not even from an egotistical standpoint really like coming and talking to you today has been like I've never like like an amazing experience like not you know not having any any judgment just like like almost like sitting in. A room with an angel and being, you know, and just like exploring, you know, anybody out there who, do you use your name? I do, yeah. Anyone out there who Brie, I call her Brie, um, anybody out there who Brie asks to, you know, come in I and encourage you, it's a, it's a gift and she gives you the seat where you look at, you can look out the window. <laughs> um, and yeah, she's just like super cool. Super cool. <laughs> I think you're super cool, too. Thanks. All right. I think that's good. Thank you. Yay. Yay. Right. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sex Communication. Did you like it? I hope so. If you did, please subscribe. If you'd like to know more about this episode or how you can be a part of the podcast, visit graphicpaint.com slash sexpodcast for details. You'll also find additional episodes, background on this project, contact information, and tips for submitting your own audio files. I'm looking for more people to interview, homemade recordings of sexual activity, and audio production assistance. If any of this interests you, please reach out. It's my goal with this podcast to bring some filth to your ears, change the conversations around sex, change some perspectives, and maybe even change the world. I hope you'll join me. Sex. <laughs>